May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I have received forgiveness, and I know how to forgive. I have forgiven many things. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer than other times, but I have been on both sides of forgiveness. Forgiveness requires truth-telling and is an emancipation. Forgiveness is literally written into my job description. One of a priest's main functions is to proclaim absolution, to pronounce forgiveness in the name of the church. Again, sometimes it's easier than other times. But forgiveness is a Christian value. It's not an optional add-on. It's not a nice thing to do if you have the time, an adornment on your spiritual life to make it look pretty. Forgiveness is a process It's a goal. It's a gift, a divine gift. We all have to deal with forgiveness, one way or another. A great thinker, theologian about forgiveness is, of course, Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And he wrote, to forgive is not just to be altruistic. It is the best form of self-interest. It is also a process that does not, and this may shock some of you, does not exclude hatred and anger. You should not hate yourself for hating others who do terrible things. The depth of your love is shown by the extent of your anger. However, he continues, when I talk of forgiveness, I mean the belief that you can come out on the other side a better, fuller person. A better, fuller person than the one being consumed by anger and hatred. For remaining in that state locks you in a state of victimhood, making you almost dependent on the perpetrator. If you can find it in yourself to forgive, then you are no longer chained to the perpetrator. You can move on, and you can even help the perpetrator to become a better person true, too which is sort of the ultimate victory. I know of a woman in Louisiana whose son was killed one night on a river by a boater who was driving drunk. He smashed at a high speed into the boat where her son and friends were hanging out and there was one survivor. When it came time 
for his uh, judgment in the court of law, she pled out of mercy and forgiveness for some leniency so that his family would not have to suffer any more than they already had. She asked that he be allowed to go to work during the week and serve his sentence on the weekends, punishing him more and making his family suffer would not bring her son back. I know of a woman in Tennessee who as a child was abused by a man from her church. And when she grew up, she went and spoke to that man and his wife. This is Becca Stevens, the Reverend Becca Stevens, who founded Thistle Farms, who writes about this in one of her books. I can't remember which. I've read them all. And she confronted the man and his wife, as well as forgave them, forgave him, which did not mean he was not to be held accountable. She needed the truth to be told so that the other children in his life could be protected. I know of a woman in Guatemala whose son was killed by the military there. And she said she was willing to forgive, but she needed to know who to forgive in order to forgive. She wanted a name of the person who killed her child so that she could forgive him. There are so many kinds of forgiveness. And this is not an ethics dissertation, so I'm going to continue to just keep it focused. Forgiveness is a process and a gift and a goal that we have to recommit ourselves to over and over again. And sometimes we never make it to where we ought to be or where we think we should be. And no one, no victim is ever to be condemned for that. But as Archbishop Tutu said, it is an emancipation to be able to break free of the hold the perpetrator has on you to be emancipated. Liturgical forgiveness comes week after week, whether we need it or not. In our liturgies, we confess the general confession. And then we hear absolution whether we've been specific or not, we receive this absolution that the church pronounces and then we participate in an act of reconciliation 
which is called the peace. This is to be lived out in our lives. Confession, which is a truth-telling. The liberation, which is, comes from being relieved of the secrets that bind us or the lies that hold us or the harm that is hidden. And then we begin the process of reconciliation. There is personal forgiveness. When maybe I receive forgiveness from you for lying or cheating or spreading a rumor or stealing or whatever it is, or I forgive you for your rudeness and deceit or whatever it is, there's forgiveness of self. Sometimes we hold on to shame and guilt because it proves to our, we prove to ourselves that we are not worthy, and so we can continue to do whatever it is that we are doing. But if we are able to receive forgiveness and to forgive ourselves, we will be transformed. And all of this, all of this comes from the only true source of forgiveness which is God and God's mercy. God forgives us so that we may live transformed lives and live into the way of justice and peace that God calls us to walk. Another type of forgiveness is societal forgiveness. And this is so hard as well. It's an odd dynamic that Bishop Tutu refers to as well. When somehow the disempowered become more powerful than the powerful, by forgiving and the process of healing. When the voiceless find a voice to forgive the influential and in that way become more influential. When children abused grow up to be adults that forgive and so do not remain infantilized and hurt. Again, I never want to be misunderstood as saying that those victims who are on one end of the continuum of, 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 of hurt and forgiveness should be blamed. Anger is part of the process of healing. Forgiveness is a gift of freedom, as powerful as the liberation, the freedom of the Israelites from the Egyptians when crossing the Red Sea and when God led them 
out of slavery into liberation, into freedom, which was not easy, but it was theirs. Forgiveness is not an endorsement of the action. That's why sometimes it's so hard to forgive. It's like you're justifying what that person did, and that is not the truth. Forgiveness is not an endorsement of, a, of evil or of an action that hurts and traumatizes, of the cheating, of the lying, of the abuse. It is a movement away from the trauma of it, an act of autonomy, a step towards healing and a fuller life. It requires truths being told and does not eliminate the possibility of justice. Back to those three examples. The man who killed the kids in the boat still had to go to jail. The abuser who abused that woman as a child still had to have barriers put up between him and the children in his life. And the woman in Guatemala still deserved for the murder of her child to be named and tried. Forgiveness does not eliminate the possibility of justice. And the scripture today tells us to forgive 77 times. And sometimes in my mind I go, well, what happens when you get to 78? What happens? And I think of this as I was reading the news and thinking of some things that are going on in our society, and I, I watched that first episode of the Netflix series that's, that's a serious series, a documentary called Immigration Nation. And I saw how people justified squashing the dreams of the undocumented who were just trying to make a better life. And I saw how people justified ripping children from their father's and mother's arms and the father's crying as they remembered and searched and waited for their children. It is so hard to watch, watch that justification and that hurt and terror represented in the tears of those Central American parents crying for their children. Yesterday there was some breaking news about the leadership in our country deporting sickly minors who were here, and it was way more than 77. It's been about 9,000 sickly children who have been deported back to a fate unknown. And so as we deal with forgiveness, liturgical, personal, 
and societal. The question arises, will we be forgiven if we don't speak truth and if we do not take some emancipating action? I think it's a question that our gospel ends today, not a nice, sweet wrap-up of a parable story. But God is angry with the forgiven one who does not act in a forgiving way. Will we be forgiven by the sins of cruelty perpetuated in our name. Again, forgiveness involves truth and emancipating action. And the only one true source of the ability to speak truth, to liberate, and to give mercy is our God. But it is our responsibility, our goal, our value, to heal this world of the traumas we impose on each other. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen.